you know, the thing about a vacation rental is like, okay, you can book it for that week and then it's ready the next week. You book a property for three months while well, it takes it out for, you know, a quarter of the year, right? So, yep, that's why we need more properties and that's why we keep our prices low to, you know, to attract more landlords all the time. What's up, everybody? My name's Mike Shogren here with my co-host, Emmanuel Pani. We're part of a group of specialized real estate investors you've probably never heard of. We didn't start with deep pockets or wealthy families, and we don't rely on 401ks, mutual funds, or traditional real estate investing. In fact, many of us don't even own the properties that fund our freedom. If you ask the money experts out there, they'd say what we do is impossible, yet it's happening every single day. It's happening through a new niche called short-term rentals. We are Short-Term Rental Nation, and these are our secrets. STR Nation, want to know how I gained $817,000 in equity in 19 months using none of my own money? Well, if you haven't already heard me talk about boutique hotels, I just recorded an 18-minute case study for my private mastermind group on how I bought a tiny 13-unit hotel in Rockport and more than doubled its value from $2.25 to $5.5 million in 19 months. But instead of keeping this one a secret, I decided to share it with you guys completely free. Just go to www.strsecrets.com hotels to access the case study and promise in just 18 minutes, you'll know why boutique hotels are my favorite STR strategy in 2023. I break down everything from the renovations, the location, the investment, the equity, the financing, and how to take advantage of forced appreciation. So when you have 20 minutes, go to www.strsecrets.com hotels. And now let's get into this week's episode. What's going on, STR Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Short-Term Rental Secrets Podcast. I am your host, Mike Shogren, here with my main man and brother from another mother, Mr. Emmanuel Pani. What's up, E? My brother, so good to see you. It's uh, the end of April, bro. Like I don't know I don't know where time is going. By the time uh, this comes out, it's probably going to be towards the end of May, and then we're going to be getting yeah. into summer. So. Like, it gets crazy. Like I, I literally feel like it was yesterday that we were in Nashville and now it's end of April soon it's gonna be May you know but life is good uh real estate market it's 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 interesting you know we have some clients looking for listings to to buy which is fun because like you're seeing a lot of properties that are already running as vacation rentals coming up on the market which is something that we've talked about quite a bit and as you walk in them you can see why right it's very much like the episode we did with Kristen it's just like they're just kind of plain, kind of vanilla, kind of like cheapish looking, right? So there's a lot of opportunity from there. And then we also have clients with properties on the market and it just, there is interest and then people get kind of cold feet and then they come back and then there is, you know, so it's a very interesting time. And again, it's all made of like running your numbers properly and making sure that things make sense for you. But it's, it's kind of like now a, a, an offer takes a couple of days to come in and I remember 18 months ago, we were like, it needs to be done within 24 hours or the house is gone or three hours and the house is gone, you know? Yeah. I mean, we're under contract on a new house just for us to live in. And, you know, we were able to negotiate the price down, which was unheard of for the last two years, you know? So we'll see. Now we get to sell mine. So <laughs> we'll see. So you'll have first, first hand experience on that. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. But uh, I'm I'm really excited for today's guest because um, I'm going to be taking notes because this is an area that that I do not claim to be an expert in whatsoever. And we've we've done some stuff with midterm rentals, but today we've got Brian Payne 
on the show, and he is the co-founder and CEO of Furnish Finder, a midterm rental marketplace, landlords and travelers that can stay months at a time. He's also helped build KeyCheck, which provides landlords tools like tenant screening, custom leases, and online rent. So without further ado, Brian, welcome to the show, sir. Hey, guys. Thank Thanks you for, for having me. There. Oh, yeah, yeah of course. I'm excited. I'm excited for this one because like I said, like this is something that we've we've done, but I feel like there's so much more for me to learn in this area. And uh, who better than the, the guy that co-founded Furnish Finder? Well, shoot, let's go through it together. I mean, there <laughs> there is a lot to learn, um, but it's so doable. You guys are um, obviously short-term rental hosts, landlords, leaders right now in the industry. So, I mean, the good news is you already have inventory, right? So making your inventory ready for a midterm rental versus a short-term rental, pretty darn easy. Yeah, I love it. I love it. We'll definitely, we're going to dive deep on that today. What I'm, I'm curious, and I, he and I always love to do this, is just to dive deep, especially with founders of how did this whole thing come to be? What, what made you think to start Furnish Finder? Um, okay. So rewind 2014 or probably even before that, um, I'd say 2011, 2012, um, working for Boston scientific, great company, um, medical device sales, central California. And, um, yeah, just had a really unique opportunity there because I'm in the cath lab, ER, ICU, you know, wherever these patients are, but more importantly, wherever the nurses are. Right. So I got a a firsthand look of, of, uh, of a big housing problem. So what I discovered was that travel nurses, they're traveling all over all the time. They're taking three month contracts all over the nation, even today, especially today. So they are always looking for housing. Housing was the hardest part for them. So say, you know, we're finishing up with a, um, internal defibrillator case, doctors like sewing up the wound or whatever. And then we just all sort of chat, turn on some music. And so me, my passion was real estate and, and I was a landlord had, you know, 12 properties renting to travel nurses. Sometimes I'd even find a nurse in the, uh, in the cath lab or OR suite saying, uh, Oh, well you need a place to stay. Literally. I can walk you over there after this case and give you the keys. Uh, it's, it's turnkey ready to go. So, um, well, they say I'll always be selling or <laughs> always be closing. I like get was that was easy, right? Um, but yeah, so that was my um, my intro to midterm rentals, and it just it just fit for me and my wife, um, who's who started the company. So it, that's who we were looking for was uh, travel nurses and any other type of traveling professional staying monthly, ideally three or so months was our sweet spot. I had a regular job. Lots of your listeners have regular jobs, right? So it's a, it's one of those things where you can make more money than you can with a traditional 12 month rental. But, um, you know, with midterm, you're getting one, one and a half more, I would say than, than what you can get unfurnished just without turning it over like a hotel every whatever, four nights or five nights. So yeah, that was attractive to me because I had a W-2 job and I, I didn't want to change anything at the time. So, um, yeah, finding traveling professionals, renting, you know, monthly was kind of our, our ticket. So that's initially how we started was with the idea. And um, and then we uh, grew from there. There's so much I could talk about. <laughs> and, I, and then you just decided to build a whole massive marketplace. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what do you do from there? Right. So. 
you know, I mentioned we were landlords and, and we realized like, okay, well, you know, we're, we felt like we were really in a unique position to say, look, I, we've stumbled onto something that is really unique. And yeah, we could keep scaling and, you know, for take our 12 to 24, 36, 124 properties, but we're still capped on the amount of properties we could own or put under contract. Right. So it's like, you know, the bigger picture for us. And, and frankly, I was looking for um, a reason, not just looking, praying for a reason to get out of that industry. Although I'm very grateful it was a, it's a, it's a very difficult industry to be in because it's uh, you're on call all the time. Uh, you know, two cars everywhere you go nights, weekends, entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. It was really difficult. So I, I really, in order to save my marriage, really, it was like, okay, you got to do something else. So I was literally praying for an opportunity. And then we said, look, I mean, look at this information that we have. Maybe this is something much bigger than we think. And the, the need is greater on a national level. And it turned out it was. Man. So what year did, did Furnish Finder start? 2014. Yeah. We, we started kind of out of the gate, wanted to get our feet wet, you know, just trying to figure out what is our business model. And I'd encourage you that, you know, like, Hey, you know, get started. Like if you have an idea, get started at it. You, you don't know, like, it, chances are you're not going to finish where you start. Right. You hope, mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, in our case, we pivoted and changed our business model two years later. So, so what was the original business model and, and how, what, what was it after the first two years? Yeah. So Emmanuel, it was, um, it was kind of like a, a concierge type of service for travelers that are on contract and we would manage all of their housing. So we would, you know, procure the property and we would set up a property, uh, from start to finish, um, in terms of like putting in utilities, furniture, making it ready, um, taking on the lease and everything like that. So it was just a much, uh, a, a much more different model than where we are now and a bit of a hamster wheel. If I'm telling you the truth, it was, uh, it was really difficult. And we, um, yeah, we were forced to say, okay, like, what do you do? Do you pivot or do you die? And you know, the latter is not an option. So we pivoted into this, which is uh, just a, you know, a better business model overall and judging by the amount of landlords that we have um, that have really adopted furnish finder as their kind of midterm rental marketplace i think it was the right call yeah, yeah absolutely you almost sounded like you were going to be doing arbitrage at a very large kind of scale in terms of like so you were like renting it furnishing it it sounds like a nightmare so i am yeah you that's where yeah that's kind of where we were going and yeah, yeah. you guys probably arbitrage at some level right but to scale that on a national level and um yeah it just presents lots of different problems and then you know you can't charge too much right otherwise they're not going to use you so it's like yeah yeah it, it was a pretty difficult mm. so how many how many users are on the platform now um users so um let me see i should probably we, clarify that because you can yep. categorize users in different buckets but sure and i could i could still answer that so every month we're getting a about uh, 800,000 new users on, on the site. Wow. Good for you. Yeah. Congratulations, man. That's incredible. <laughs> Holy cow. Thanks. Thank you so Seriously. much. Yeah, I greatly appreciate that. Thank you. And then uh, in terms of uh, landlords, uh, we have uh, over 200,000 now. And so our business model uh, is, is, is a little bit different than an Airbnb that you guys are, are used to. 
Uh, it's more of a kind of a, we facilitate, like we help you with the direct booking. Like I think a lot of property managers like yourselves and others are, are looking into like, well, how can I capture that direct booking? And um, that's what we uh, that's what we provide. We've always been about the direct booking. That's what we like to do. And so, yeah, essentially it's a, uh, you know, you can come, you list your property. It's very inexpensive to list your property. And then you have uh, tools that you can use uh, through key check, like you mentioned in the intro. So if you wanted to screen a tenant, if you want to uh, get a custom lease, you know, send over to get an e-sign to your new tenant that you found on Furnish Finder. Maybe you want renter's insurance, online rent payment, all, all those types of tenant tools. And we're coming out with a, a new one, kind of a rent, um, sorry, a security deposit alternative, which is really cool. Uh, it allows landlords to, you know, instead of take a uh, security deposit, because again, keep in mind, we're talking monthly rentals, right? So you may not just want anybody with a credit card to book a place for three months. You, you probably want to know uh, a little bit more information about them. So um, yeah, so essentially, instead of a, a security deposit, we're uh, kind of partnering with a company that's allowing them to you know pay a small fee, and then it it kind of covers them in the event of uh, eventual damage or loss. So yeah, that's kind of the overall kind of outlook about Furnish Finder, and um, I think what we're seeing is just tons of landlords l realizing that. The midterm rental space is not a competition necessarily with short-term rental. They use it in addition to uh, some instead of, and, and like me, I preferred that longer-term tenant that, that for my furnished rental. I wanted mm -hmm. them to stay, you know, three months. But there's a lot of there's a lot of things going on. We'll, we'll call it like a regulation. Uh, it could be a city, could be a HOA. Um, so maybe a landlord is getting squeezed or there's, you know, something coming down the pipe or, you know, whatever the reason, you know, you don't have to tuck your tail as a landlord and go back, you know, ditch the furniture and go back to that 12 month lease. There's an option and there, and it's called midterm rentals, but the other alternative, not really alternative, but the way that we use, um, short-term rental and midterm rental combined is those shoulder seasons, right? So if you're in a seasonal area, it's a, a great adjunct to say, well, you know, during my slow season, I'd rather just get a tenant in there for three to four months. And then, you know, once it heats up again, you know, you're boom right back on the vacation rental websites. Mm -hmm. Looking at your, your users, right? What percentage now do you say are still like, is your core still the travel nurses or, or what demographic like do you now see after so many years? Yep. Fantastic question. Um, so Yes. Uh, at the beginning, I mean, by design, we absolutely targeted travel nurses. They, it was an army of travelers, you know, 80,000 to a hundred thousand travelers that are going out per year, mm -hmm. um, that are traveling four times a year and are always in that three month cycle. So we hitched our wagon there for sure. Mm -hmm. So, uh, in 2016, obviously, uh, I would say a hundred percent and, uh, over the years, as we started to grow, expand, and um, just get more exposure overall, um, we're at about 50-50 right now. So healthcare is still important. Healthcare is still growing as an industry. Mm -hmm. um, it's just that there are lots more 
industries out there and a lot more traveler types out there that require this type of housing. Yeah. So for instance, um, it could be, yes, of course, travel nurses. And I say travel nurses, but that includes all types of travel healthcare, you know, techs, reps, you know, uh, nurses, MAs, PAs, uh, you know, all of the above, right? Physical therapists. Um, the next is, uh, you know, a lot of remote workers. It's just in general, it's kind of all encompassing term for other industries. Uh, could be an IT worker, could be an engineer, but they're out, uh, they're a remote worker, digital nomads, uh, people that are have really kind of solidified that as their lifestyle are really big on our site. Insurance housing is really big, you know, have big insurance companies always looking to place their, their families or their displaced families in monthly furnished rentals. Um, and I, I believe Mike, you had just mentioned that you had to put somebody in, in a furnished finder recently as well. So, you know, it's the same thing, right? Uh, there's always circumstances that at some point you might be in the need for a, you know, three, six month rental, mm -hmm. say you're, um, you're a, a real estate buyer or seller. You need, you know, you're redoing your house or whatnot. This happened to us. And we, you know, we hop in a furnished finder for three months while we're redoing the kitchen and all the bathrooms and all of that. Right. Same with That's athletes. One of our bread and butters. And I, I didn't even think of it as a niche, but we get a lot of bookings at our 21 unit that people are just renovating their homes. Like it's an affluent area and they're like, yeah. Hey, I've got this kitchen reno. I don't feel like being there. No, I need a, I need a month or six weeks. Totally. And that's a luxury. I mean, these are, these are uh, people that can afford it. So mm -hmm. they're saying, look, I'm, I know I'm carrying a mortgage and uh, a rent, but I'm, I don't want to live like that. I don't want to live. I, I don't want to inhale the dust. I don't want to just deal with the disruption. Yeah, right. Yeah. I want it predictable and they'll pay for that. Yeah. yeah so do. what it's, what it's funny, like, and I, I was more like, I had listings on Freddie Finder early on less now be completely transparent. Probably doesn't look good with you, but it is. Oh, we're good. It's, it's all good. good. We're, we're, uh, we're still bros. I'm, yeah, I'm going to win you bros, back though. You know? Like, and we've yeah. changed a lot. No, uh, no. And that's, and that was my question, right? Because I'm like, to me, what one of the things was, is, is there was always a lot of pushback in terms of like what the rates were. So the, I, I couldn't find people that wanted to pay what I was, what I was, what I, I was get it. And then the yeah. other thing was uh, for me, and again, I haven't been on there in years, but for me at that time, it always felt like it was a good choice for smaller properties, but not for larger ones. Right. So in your landlords that you have now, what percentage are like apartments? What percentage are houses? If somebody has a luxury house that is like three, four bedroom house, is this a viable platform for them? Yeah. So first of all, uh, another fantastic question on the uh, on the back of your other one. So as that demographic changes, right? Mm -hmm. So before it was 100% travel nurses. And what do we know mm -hmm. about travel nurses? They're on a budget, right? They have a, they take the stipend. So they're always on that, that budget. Mm -hmm. They're trying to stay underneath that budget. So, uh, and that obviously reflects to property type, well, rather, you know, uh, one or two bedroom versus mm -hmm. a, a three or four or five bedroom, right? Mm -hmm. But as the demographic changes on the inside, in terms of there are way more, you know, engineers, doctors, corporate housing, travel managers, you know, all types of other people using furnish finders to where it's now 50-50. So you're going to start to see those demographics shift as well in terms of, hey, what sells on furnish finder, right? 
before maybe hey it wasn't it was only properties under 2500 bucks or yeah, as an example and a one or two bedroom but now you know those uh property types and prop the demographics of the property are changing as well to include three four or five bedroom houses as well because of insurance relocation you know families uh military insurance things like that so as the demographic changes so do those i know just again like we were talking offline from personal experience using it it was interesting from the customer side because i'm always on the other side of it you know posting properties for rent. right it was cool to use it from the other side and um i was blown away because there was a lot of properties on there but a lot of them were booked till like august so i'm like clearly this is working for these people because yep. the properties are booked i found one like in the north boston metro that like could meet the criteria out of a ton that actually had the availability oh so wow they're doing well clearly yeah i mean you know the thing about a vacation rental is like okay you can book it for that week and then it's ready the next week you book a property for three months well it takes it out for you know a quarter of the year right so Yep. That's why we need more properties. And that's why we keep our prices low to, you know, to attract more landlords all the time. Yeah. You're not wrong though. Love it. And the other thing I just want to reiterate, cause you brought it up and I don't even know if we have to like go down this rabbit hole, because if you've been involved in this podcast and in this industry over the last at least 12 months, you know, the midterm rentals have been like the new short-term rental wave. It's like the cool kids club, you know, a lot more people are incorporating it because it, it makes sense especially from the standpoint that, that you said about working it into your strategy, right? So in New England, as an example, some of our properties up here, the winter tends to be the slow season. Sure. So that's when we make sure that all of those are on Furnish Finder for sure during our shoulder seasons, right? Because the, that's what helps us get through to the busier season. Yep. And the, the hotel we described earlier, we're completely rebuilding half of that property to put in full kitchens with laundry so that we can attract midterm rentals for Amazing. shoulder seasons. And it gives us more flexibility there. Indeed. So I, I just want to reiterate that because if you haven't considered this yet, or you've been hearing about it, you're like, yeah, that's, just, that's cool. Whatever. You really need to take a look at this, like really seriously take a look at it and start to look at what are, do you know your seasonality and how can you incorporate something like this into your strategy? Yeah. I mean, you guys know your, your area better than anyone, right? You know, your occupancy rates, um, where, what are the trouble months? So, and if you don't, you, you will. So, um, but yeah, keep it, keep an eye on it for sure. Um, and you know, furnished providers, a another tool in your tool toolbox for sure. Yeah. And it makes sense because it's one of those things that like, it only makes sense for you to use it if you're going to be thinking proactively about your occupancy. Because obviously, being that it's mostly longer-term rentals, if you're in the middle of your shit season and you try to turn furniture under on at that time, you might get a three-month booking that goes into season. So again, like if you know season is coming and if you're like in a lot of places throughout the country, you know slow season is coming for you, especially like in South Florida where I'm at, it makes sense for you to start looking at it now so that you can get a booking that goes through summer. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like the guys in the grocery store or the guys that make the cards. Uh, they're always thinking to the next holiday, right? They're always mm. looking and, and you're like, oh my gosh, we're, we're, you know, things are up for 4th of July already or, you know, whatever that future holiday is. 
you have to kind of think ahead, like maybe one quarter ahead and go, okay, obviously I'm, I'm in summer right now. We're doing really well. Um, but what's next, right? Is winter good for you or bad for you? What, what happened last year? Like, what do you want to change? I want to, I want to pivot a little bit selfishly, but I, I know that the listeners will, will appreciate this is what are some tips or things that you've seen to help people succeed on furnish finder in particular, you know, that like, yep. it, cause it's, it's a different platform. It's very, yeah, very it's different. different. Right. Yep. I will say, I'll answer it a few ways. Um, number one, professional photography is, uh, always recommended. We're integrating with snapper and you'll be able to purchase a photographer to come out. Like don't skimp on that. You've just spent hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars on a property. Like don't, don't skimp out on $200 for professional photographs. It's an the, easy like, way to stand out by the way, because a lot of the properties I looked at were nice, but they did not have professional photos. And I was I like, know. man, I, I guess it just kind of became the standard over here. But before that was the way to stand out. So that's an easy, opportunity. it's an easy way to stand out. I mean, when you're, I mean, these people are booking most of the time online, so they're not in your city, right? Looking at a property. Okay. I'll, I'll swing by Tuesday at 11. No, I mean, primarily they're, they're calling you and they're going to, you know, make that buying decision right online. So why not put your best foot forward? So that's, that's an easy one. Second one is, uh, availability. I mean, if you, if uh, you have to keep your calendar updated, definitely can integrate with your Airbnb, VRBO, iCal. So definitely do that. And, you know, especially when you're, you know, in going, entering into that shoulder season or not, but you know, if your availability starts to get stale, eventually you'll be off the map and you're going to go, well, furnish finders, you know, not sending me anything. Well, yeah, because, you know, you have to, you know, make sure that the system knows your availability. So that's, that's key. And then the second thing is another thing we track is uh, kind of um, internally, you know, what are your metrics? Are you, are you accessing the, the site? Are you interacting with the, the tenants, you know, during the tenant, within the tenant leads? Um, are you, how often, you know, what is your response rate? All of these types of things kind of will give you a higher rate of, um, I'm sorry, a, a higher ranking on the site. So basically the, the short answer is like, do what you're supposed to do as a landlord and, you know, tell the system when it's available, right? And then, you know, when leads come in and tenants are interested, then you interact with them. And then once you find that tenant, great. You use the key check tools, everything you need to secure that tenant and your, your uh, calendar is updated. So we know, okay, this one's not available until September or whatnot. And, um, and it works for everybody. And then once September is starting to come up, then we realize, okay, uh, here comes September and we start boosting your, your ranking again on the site without you doing anything. Most of our travelers are booking, um, anywhere to from one week to three weeks out. Gotcha. Interesting. So that's the booking window on average. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes a little bit longer, but yeah, one to three weeks. Okay. I'm on the site now. So like, tell me in your guys' experience, cause I see you also do a lot of rooms rentals. Yeah, rooms is uh, is is something that um, you know it started with travel nurses again mm -hmm. the bu budget traveler uh, the extreme budget traveler are, is willing to ha have a shared space 
and some of these shared spaces are are really really nice in terms of mm -hmm. like hey you're it's it's practically a you know a basement with a private entrance and all of that so but it was a you know a great income source i mean there's a lot of people empty nesters for example there's going well geez we're sitting here in this five bedroom house and we only spend half a year here what do we you know let's you know let's put on mm -hmm. furnish finder so rooms is is something that we'll probably continue to have it's also a strategy again for those higher higher room properties uh it is something that sometimes uh folks will do that and uh, uh offer a rental by the room so a, a so that was my question house so by the room. do you see people doing that like do you see people saying room one room two yeah room they do it and our system can yeah. accommodate it each room will have its own calendar you know that you know it's a strategy for sure whether it's mm -hmm. your strategy i don't know but um it's yeah. definitely a strategy does it make a big difference if you allow pets or not because on the vacation rental side people are more sketchy on the on the pet side it's a great like if i'm point. thinking longer term stay like i am not going anywhere without my pets right so right three, four exactly so yeah for the for a longer term stay it's a little bit more accepted but think of this if you're not and i respect and i understand like hey this is your property again you mm -hmm. spent a million dollars on this property or you've got a portfolio of properties and this is yours and so you don't you definitely do not have to accept pets but keep in mind you're you're taking a third off the table when it comes not in price but in terms of uh opportunity and uh tenant pool so it's about the numbers about a third in this space anyway midterm rentals that travel with a pet or at least that want that prefer to travel with a pet and is it standard kind of like with short-term rentals to charge some type of pet fee or... oh yeah yeah any any pet owner understands there's a pet fee maybe pet rent maybe regulation on breed or something or, or number of pets right you're not walking in with um 35 cats yeah exactly <laughs> exactly um so yeah yeah so I, that's well understood same as like a cleaning fee it's understood but i mentioned that security deposit alternative earlier this we're hoping that we can convert like let's just say you know we're gonna we can convert a lot more landlords to go well you know what now i'm comfortable taking a pet because they cover pet damage up to let's say you know five thousand dollars or whatever the the policy would be but if they're covered up to five thousand dollars for pet damage and you know really it's only like X amount of dollars a month and it's really inexpensive comparatively to what you would put out out of pocket to move in. It's kind of a no brainer. So we hope that that product will help kind of translate and, and um, you know, encourage landlord, more landlords to do, to accept pets. Mm. That's a good point. From, from your standpoint, where do you see, where do you see the midterm industry going? Yeah, a great question. Um, it, I think it will. We're going to start to see uh, things combine within midterm and and short term. You know, we definitely call it the midterm rental uh, industry, midterm rentals. But it again, it's just it's another strategy. So you're going to start to see vacation rental sites and midterm rental sites kind of converge a little bit. Airbnb, who we love. They are, I think, over 20% of their revenue is in this space, is in the midterm rental space, greater than mm. 28 days. Year over year, it, it, this grew, longer term stays grew over 70%. Like, right, I think it was even before we were actually live, you asked like, hey, are you seeing growth in the last year? Well, 
yeah, we're definitely seeing growth because longer term stays have grown year over year. I, I don't. I, I think that was a Skift article. I'm just trying to look for the source. Uh, no, Air DNA. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, and it makes sense also in like understanding the like macro economics of how the country is in terms of housing. It makes sense that midterm states are something they're here to stay, especially in like larger cities. There's always people renovating. There's never enough housing. Housing is expensive. People are staying, yeah. visiting. There's so many reasons. There's um, one other tenant type we haven't talked about. And, and to your point, um, it's a we should mention it. And these are uh, lifestyle living tenants, right? We see. And think about this. So you can go and, and you could find a place for $2,000 and that's a 12-month unfurnished. Or you can uh, find a place on Furnish Finder for not much more, and it's totally furnished, but more importantly, it gives you that flexibility. So mm -hmm. use this um, this scenario, like okay, so let's say let's say I don't have two kids, and uh, and I'm a little more um, flexible in in my lifestyle. So I would love to go to Greece. I love Greece, right? So if I had this flexible living lifestyle, I can get into a furnish finder. I can, I can, I get in, it's a month to month lease for the most part. Sometimes a three months, it depends on the property, but I find a month to month lease. I give 30 days in April and at the end of, uh, let's say June one, I'm gone for a couple months out there. And then I want to come back and, and, and do some more work and get, you know, so then I come back and find another monthly rental on the furniture finder. This lifestyle living is uh, is pretty cool. Not only does it allow you to just pick up and and go um, explore other areas, but think of this: like twelve months unfurnished. What what do you need? Well, you need furniture. You need stuff. So now you're tied to all your stuff. Like we're Americans, right? We <laughs> we all have a lot of stuff. But mm -hmm. um, just check out our garages. But you know you're tied to all this stuff, right? That you've purchased, and and now it's like shoot. Now uh, now what am I going to do? Now I'm going to go and get a public storage and put all my couches and TVs and stuff in there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously it's furnished rentals. So you're not tied down to the stuff either with this lifestyle. Yeah, that's super interesting because I was wondering about that because when you said travel nomads, I was like, I, I just assumed I'm like, you need you need a job to go there. But that's not that's not the case because if you're like younger and you're like, I want to figure out where I want to live, this is a great avenue for you to be like, I'm going to live in Florida for three months and then I'm going to go live in Spain. So are you guys worldwide or or are you guys just in the states yep in the states right now it is an initiative for us uh so to, we to, we've targeted to, um three countries okay. that we're gonna roll out to within the next 12 months if not sooner mm -hmm. cool and on the on the people like keeping in mind that you have this specific even for your uh, travel nurses have you guys ever thought about a membership membership model kind of thing that you like you pay a flat fee and like you you guarantee that you're yeah, in it's, this it's kind a of very interesting conversation and we've definitely talked about it but uh, i don't love it honestly as a two-way mm -hmm. marketplace like you depend on your on your travelers and you guys as as furnish finder well i'll just say mike as a furnish finder customer well i haven't won yes. emmanuel <laughs> back yet but as a furnish finder customer, like why would you want me to limit the amount of people that can come to my website by charging mm -hmm. them, you know, a couple hundred bucks. So yeah, uh, ultimately we've said, no, um, mm -hmm. we, we don't like booking fees for either party. 
and yeah. haven't really compromised on the membership model because we think yeah. it's a bit of a, you know, a wall to get through. And I think it's unnecessary. Past, yeah. You know, yeah, we would make money without a doubt. But mm-hmm. I, I think it would have come out of cost that maybe our customers wouldn't wouldn't yeah. appreciate. No, and I and I appreciate that and I absolutely agree with you. My question was more around for the people that want to be travel nomads already know that they're gonna move every so often, pay a membership fee where they're like, We guarantee you that by paying this membership fee, you're gonna find yourself a two bedroom house for twenty two fifty, where on the average is twenty seven fifty. And you pay it up front. That sounds it's like almost a like business. Like, yeah, you're part I, of all I, the I know clubs, exactly you know what, what you're, like, you're, right. Yeah, I know exactly what you're referring yeah. to. Yeah. Um, I love but, the no membership fee on the other side and the no transaction fee on our side. I think that's super smart. Uh, Airbnb should listen to that because they charge us a shit ton of money. But, mm-hmm. uh, but yes, well, we're all married to our, our business models, right? At some mm-hmm. point, it's like, of okay, course. they're married to theirs, we're married to ours. Um, and 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 ultimately, I, I don't think, um, Yes, we might be able to make more money, but again, I think it will come out of cost and we just weren't w- willing to, you know, to charge travelers. You know, I, that's the one thing we need. <laughs> I mean, yes, we, it's a two-way marketplace, right? So you need, you need both, but you, you have to have travelers. Otherwise, we, we are not going to get the properties. Mm-hmm. 100%. I mean, the price point that it's set at, it's, it's a no-brainer. That's why it's I was a no-brainer. Like, I was like, try it. <laughs> I told right. my man, my, my, manager i'm like dude just put them up there and let's just we'll figure it out like see how it goes right yeah and that's the goal i mean we want people with skin in the game like we don't want it to make it necessarily free and again that's a a business decision and i know the whole you know paper listing versus paper booking but yeah this is this is our model it's very inexpensive and you know the amount that you're going to pay to list is is less than you would you know pay for a three-night rental on a vacation rental platform mm-hmm. yeah. i love it and well, there's a 12-month membership if i yeah exactly that. yeah exactly so again guys if you haven't checked it out no go check out furnish finder before we get into the last question brian i want to first acknowledge you and thank you for building a really cool platform that i'm having fun with and learning and helping a lot of people you know get into this and uh thank yeah, you for coming to share your knowledge with us shoot i appreciate it and, and you guys keep doing what you're doing educating landlords you guys are making a difference like you know you're what you guys do encourage people to lose their w2 to do this full time they know it's a possibility because they can hear your stories my story countless stories uh we have a podcast called landlord diaries countless stories over there on landlord diaries of landlords replacing their income by doing short term or mid term so thank you guys for what you're doing. It's really mm-hmm. important and, and hope you know that the ripple effect, you know, you'll be rewarded for that. <laughs> that means awesome. a lot. I love, I love that you said replace instead of lose the W2 income because like, <laughs> with the, with the, with the extra strings that it comes oh, yeah. to, you're replacing, you're not losing anything. And I know like, we're wrapping yeah. it up, but it's so important. Like that I put so much value on after I went through what I went through with Boston scientific or back early days, I put so much emphasis on freedom um, and just the freedom to make your own schedule, the freedom to, you know, you don't have to be a slave to that environment anymore. And it's, this is what this, this lifestyle can do for you. Cause it's, it's, I mean, it's worked for you guys. It worked for me. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. hundred percent. Where can, where can the folks learn more about you and furnish finder and the podcast and all that stuff before we get to the last question? Yeah. I mean, um, we're at furnishfinder.com. Um, also own uh keycheck.com. Keycheck is for all the landlord tools, online rent payment, tenant screening, leases, uh, all those other products that we were talking about. You can check us out on landlord diaries on uh, Spotify or iTunes or wherever. And, um, I'm, you know, happy to get contacted through LinkedIn as well. Awesome. Just give me awesome. a few days. I, I'm not always <laughs> on it. So. I'm horrible on LinkedIn. I know. I, I give me a week so or so. I'll, I'll try so to respond. Yeah. Bigger Pockets <laughs> and LinkedIn. I am so sorry. If you reach out to me on there, please just go. Uh, Instagram. I, our it, our it intentions are so good. <laughs> like, just, yes, I want to speak to everyone, right? Yeah. But I just like, I go in there and they're like, seriously? And I'm like, I'm so sorry. It's been like, I'm like, <laughs> I know. Oh, I get you. Shame, there. shame, shame. You know? Well, the last question that we have asked all of our guests, and I'm going to switch this a little bit, but what is your number one secret to success with midterm rentals? Oh, number one secret to success with midterm rentals. Um, ultimately, I would, I would make sure that you're, geez, this is going to sound really self serving, but you got to, you have to be out there, right? You, your property has to look good. Your property has to be out where people go in order to uh, to find and shop for midterm rentals. So that's a terrible answer, I admit. No, but, it's not. Uh, what well, I mean, the best thing you could do is oh oh here's the here's the answer. The best thing you could possibly do, especially if you don't have a property already, is go get one. Like I know the the interest rates are a little higher now. Don't let that be a hurdle. Get a property. Like you're gonna learn on the fly. We're we're adaptable people. God made us that way. Go get a property. You're gonna learn. You've got these guys to help. You've got their network to help. They've got their conference to help. You're gonna learn on the fly. You're gonna make mistakes. It's okay. You don't wait to get all the information. Go get a go get a property, furnish it, and let's get going. That that's my answer. Love it. Like Nike. <laughs> Just do it. Just, Just do, do it. it. Awesome. Well, Brian, this was a lot of fun, man. I really appreciate your time. And again, thank you for everything that you've done for the industry and uh, look forward to seeing all your success and the expansion going forward. Awesome. Okay. And, we'll keep and I it. promise, I promise, Brian, just so that you know that you did convince me, I just sent a shootout to one of my team members. I'm like, please look at this for this and this property. So nice. at least by the end of the show, you got us to at least look back into it. So I don't know if you get extra cookie points but you should um, okay and we did appreciate uh, appreciate the show overall but definitely the platform has changed quite a bit beautiful and you'll keep there. you'll keep seeing that we've we're, we've got about 200 uh, staff about 200 people working very very hard to bring this to you so you'll you'll see the improvements you'll see all of the new features and um just excited to connect with with y'all and and good luck on your journeys likewise right. okay everybody Ciao, guys. all right cheers bye Hey, STR Nation, if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. And in the comments, let us know what topics you want us to cover on upcoming episodes, and we'll make sure to get that in the books for you. And if you really want to learn how to launch, automate, and scale your short-term rental business, if you want to go deeper, then check out our free masterclass at strsecrets.com.